0: No purchase necessary. Void We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of
0: Bullet Train. Deer Creek International Business Solutions. How can I help you? I am ready. Well, that's great, Ladybug. Ladybug. Your new operational name. Oh, I see
1: what you're doing. Ladybug's supposed to be lucky. Aha. You don't have bad luck.
0: Really.
2: My bad
0: luck is biblical. I'm not even trying to kill people and someone dies. I remember the suicidal bellboy. You drove him to the hospital. Hang in there, buddy! And he didn't die. Okay. The wedding. Tequila?
1: Johannesburg.
2: It's time for some change.
0: You want it simple for your first job back. It doesn't get simpler.
2: We need to find a person who took that case.
0: That's too easy. Shit. What? Remember those two wackos from the Bolivia job? The twins? Yeah, not so sure they're twins.
3: Get off the train.
1: You stabbed me?
2: I would never stop coming for you. What? I
0: missed my stop. something else going on here.
2: Hi.
3: You don't remember me. You look like every white homeless man I've ever seen.
0: Really? You don't remember me?
3: He's a pack of dicks, lady. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm working on it. Get off at the next stop. Sounds so easy when you say it.
0: One little prick from this, you know what happens? Yes.
1: Your blood congeals, clogging your veins. I said yes. Uh. Shit balls. You're going to want to hear the whole story. What's
3: waiting for us in Kyoto?
2: The white death with his army of assassins. There's
1: this solar psychotic leader with the largest criminal organization on the planet, shoved
0: right inside. I don't
1: see the white death letting any of us off this train. We need to come up with a plan. i gonna
0: hurt
3: people. What's happening to your face?
2: Maybe there was a little head trauma? Maybe
0: it's...
1: I got to get off this train. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Bullet Train, and the story is as follows. Five assassins find themselves on a fast-moving bullet train from Tokyo to Morioka, with only a few stops in between. They discover their missions are not unrelated to each other. The film is starring Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Terrell Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sonata, Michael Shannon, Bad Bunny, and Sandra Bullock. It is directed by David Leach and written by Zach Olkwitz. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Emma Sasek.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: Dan Baer. All aboard. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Okay, so which one of you is Diesel?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who is? I think that would be rolling. you,
0: Matt. I'm the Diesel type? Are you serious? Yeah. If any of us are, it's you. Wow.
1: Okay.
2: He's a good boy. Matt's a good boy. So if you've seen
1: the movie <laughs> Bullet Train and you understand V. Thomas the Train jokes here. Uh, But let's talk about this one, because David Leitch is, I think, a very interesting filmmaker right now in the sense that he is working heavily within the studio system to deliver these very uh, pulpy, entertaining, big-budget studio action films from Deadpool 2 to Hobbs and Shaw, Atomic Blonde. He was also uncredited, uh, but co-directed the first uh, John Wick with uh, Chad Stileski. So, He's had a very, like I said, interesting career in that he's found his niche. Uh, this movie here, Bullet Train, based on a Japanese novel, uh, definitely received some criticism for its uh, whitewashing of its casting. Uh, but, you know, in this day and age where a lot of projects in order to get greenlit, they need, you know, a central movie star uh, leading the pack. You have Brad Pitt here as a result. But does it all come together? That's that's the ultimate question here. Um What did we think of this particular action film? I don't know who I want to start off with here to kind of kick us off, but maybe I will start off with Dan. Dan, I know you saw it with me. We saw it together. Uh, But I want to know, just after a few days to reflect now, uh, what do you think of Bullet Train?
0: Um, So I am a big fan of David Leitch and his films. I think Atomic Blonde is easily one of the best action movies of the past decade or so, and I think that he directs movies that are stylish and interesting and fun to watch, Um, much more so than your typical Hollywood action blockbusters. This is not one of his better movies, I don't think, but it's still, for me, better than most action movies that we get because it actually has a sense of personality and style and fun to it. The, say whatever else you will about it, it is not bland. I don't think it is quite as successfully stylish as his best movies. I think that they're, it doesn't quite figure out the best way to achieve the tone that it wants to. Uh, the tone is a little uneven. but this cast is just firing on all cylinders and whenever any combination of these people are sharing the screen it just crackles with energy and i absolutely loved that i think the action is so clean to watch you always know what's happening and who's where and what people's motivations are and why this is happening and that alone like puts it above so many other action movies that I can think of. And I had a good time with it. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's a lot of fun.
1: All right, let's now move over to Emma Sasek. Emma, what did you think of Bullet Train?
2: I usually always like to start off my mini review with a joke or something funny. And with this, the entire time, all I could think of was the men will do X except go to therapy. And I feel like this movie is a great example of that because they will literally (laughs) conduct concoct the weirdest plan to get assassins on a train rather than go to therapy (laughs) and solve their problems about a loved one's death. Um, (laughs) um, I I've seen a few of David uh, Leach's films and I You can always kind of find a theme where there's personality to them. There's really beautiful cinematography in them. Um, And I feel like this film does combine a lot of those things. However, I feel like it depends on them too much. And um, I don't know, it doesn't really give you that interesting of a script and story at the end of the day. Like, I thought that the colors and the the production design uh, of this movie were were really great to watch. Like that that always kind of kept me excited for it. Um, you always have like a, a new person stepping aboard this train uh, with some new I don't know adventure and madness that they're going to throw in there. But I don't know. I just kind of got really tired of the shtick kind of too quickly. Um, and after I saw, okay, we're going to kind of keep doing this with each new stop and each new journey to the next stop. I don't know. It just kind of ended up being a little bit too much, um, you know, a little too many different stories and characters to juggle, or they would put in too many people like a new person and then their story would just end very quickly and at that point I was like well why did we even bother to do this like I would have liked to have seen more of this person or you know just to have gotten anything more out of this little backstory that they added on in here so I feel like the film is just you know throwing a lot at you to keep you very busy and very entertained um but for myself, I felt like I was losing steam. Uh, train jokes uh, very, very quickly, <laughs> and I swear to fucking God, if I hear one more Thomas the Tank Engine joke, <laughs> I will lose it. I don't know how many. I, I've thought about this train more times in the last twenty four hours than I have my entire childhood and my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, maybe Emma is the diesel of us after all.
2: I'm just like firing over here, like ready to like <laughs> steamroll past everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Josh Parm.
3: Yeah, this movie, I have to say, I'm I feel very torn about because mm-hmm. there are times where I think this movie is very entertaining and super fun and has some really kind of witty characters and i even think that all the mystery elements in here that are interconnecting are kind of fun to discover trying to trace those lines and you get this reveal at the end that is entertaining to watch but at the same time i do agree with the sentiment that emma put forth where this movie is also rather exhausting at times because there is so much being thrown at you with this story and these characters and i think the biggest problem for me with this thing is that. The tone of it really wants to show you that it is, you know, it's violent, but also funny and quirky and irreverent, but also like super stylish and cool. And I think it tries a little too hard to tell me how quirky and cool, but violent and and stylish it is. And it just felt to me like it was very much playing on the surface of all of that, but had very little to say underneath it. I found it to be a pretty hollow movie overall. To the point where I really couldn't even enjoy the style because it just felt so kind of manufactured. At the end of the day, it it man, it really reminded me of the era in like the late '90s where we got these endless Tarantino ripoffs of oh yeah movies that were about like violent people, but tried to be irreverent and quirky at the same time, and it just didn't have the same flavor or, or the same authenticity of Tarantino's voice. And this felt to me very much like that kind of a movie, where it tries so hard to tell you, look how cool we are, but it doesn't really have the substance to back it up. And even though there are long stretches where I was fairly engaged by it, and I do like these actors particularly, I just found that it that at the end of the day, it didn't really add up to very much. And especially when we get towards the end when, yes, it is unloading all of its plot on you, but it just feels so exhausting by that point. I just found myself really in a difficult position to connect with the film overall. So it there, it's not bad. There are good elements to it, but I don't think it overall added up to a great movie
1: for me. Very similar sentiment here, Josh. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, actually, in the moment you know, watching it with Dan, uh, our audience, it was funny. It was definitely one of those turn your brain off type films, like akin to today's Fast and the Furious franchise. It was silly, irreverent, as you said before. But then when I got home and I actually started to think about it, I started writing my review for it. I like quickly just realized, oh, man, this is like already fading from my mind. And for a movie that was so stylish And had so many tricks up its sleeve in terms of its storytelling, uh, the characters. I just found it really kind of fading away. And I realized that "Mm, this is definitely trying to emulate the style of Guy Ritchie, Robert Rodriguez, you mentioned before, Quentin Tarantino. And it just doesn't do it as well as them. I don't I don't think I think the tone of this movie is pretty all over the place And for the first 20 minutes or so, I actually found it very difficult to understand what exactly was happening, because there were so many characters being introduced, and the movie deliberately masks their motivations early on, and you don't know how all all of them are connected to each other. So we're following Brad Pitt, and because he's the person that we start the movie off with, and, you know, he's Brad Pitt. We naturally latch on to him the most, but then there are these long stretches where we're not with uh, his character uh, codenamed Ladybug. And we're spending time with all of these other characters uh, played by actors that we all recognize. We all know this movie's got a lot of star power to it, uh, but I was not establishing any kind of an emotional connection. Now, I got there by the end, and that's mostly due to the cast. So for me, it's like I'm very mixed on this movie overall in the sense that can I admit that I had fun while watching it? Yeah. Did the humor always land for me? No. There were definitely moments where people were laughing and I wasn't laughing or Dan was laughing next to me. I wasn't laughing. So on and so forth. But I will admit that it was the kind of movie that I think if I was, I don't know, 14 years old, I I would think that this movie was the shit. Probably.
2: It would be sensory overload. I
1: would probably turn around to you and say, oh, it's so cool, you know. But it's like, what was that other movie, that other crime film uh, that everyone, Jesus, it's going to come to me. Smoke and Aces. It's like Smoke and Aces. It's like, no, we, we remember Smoke and Aces because of its stylish elements, because of its cast. Is it considered a classic, like, Pulp Fiction? No. And that's what I look at with Bullet Train here is that, it feels like it wants to be a cult classic film that's going to be talked about years from now, but I think it's going to forever be remembered as kind of like a B- B-tier entry into like this kind of a genre. You know what I mean? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
3: ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No restrictions. 18+. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Yeah, I there is something kind of sophomoric or juvenile about the whole tone of this movie which I'm not against in general, but I just found that the execution just really didn't have a lot to keep me invested in these characters and this world. And as I said in my opening thoughts, it just felt like the movie was trying very hard to like tell me, like, look how cool we are. Like, look at this scene transition and the way the camera's moving and the music right now. And it's like all those elements, yes, they do add up to a cool, stylish moment, but if I'm not invested in the actual storytelling that is happening, then all of that is like lost on me, and I felt like the movie had so much priority to have those elements in play, but didn't have the actual story and characters going into it to keep me invested in the overall world that they were building, so... It was just very frustrating to watch a movie and be like, I should be into this. I should think, yes, you are very cool, but you you've told me that you're cool, but you've not shown me that you are. I mean, I think
1: the problem for me comes down to at the end of the day, I can't escape the fact that I was imagining, OK, if this was Japanese filmmaker, Japanese cast and done in that country with the resources that they have, I think this movie would have been just so much better. I was thinking a lot about, like, Train to Busan while watching this, Um, and I know that's South Korea, but this movie has an international cast with a lot of different nationalities involved, and I think for, you know, the purposes of Hollywood studio making, that's super important. I mean, they got Bad Bunny here in the cast, and he's, like, the biggest music star, like, in the world right now. So, to me, this movie, instead of, like, trying to create the best product imaginable, Uh, for the type of film that it is. Instead, what it comes off to me as is it comes off to me as an inauthentic uh, Hollywood gamble to try and just simply squeeze as much money out of it as humanly possible.
2: I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying, where it's like they throw like every name at you possible. And then like when you get to that person's storyline, it's like, oh, OK, this is only here for like two and a half minutes. And now you're done with this one and you're like, ah, I wanted to see more of this person because I was actually excited for them. And they actually had a somewhat interesting like backstory attached with them. Um, I also think for myself, I love Brad Pitt. However, this character that he is playing, I don't care about that man whatsoever and like there was just i don't know like that was another thing that i just got so tired of with the shtick where it was like oh i'm trying to be good and i don't want to do this anymore and it's like yeah okay well you have to do something here you are literally being assigned to do this task and i don't know it was just
1: you know what his uh style of humor in this really reminded me of it reminded me a lot of channing tatum in the 21 and 22 jump street movies (laughs) Where he's kind of a doofus, but he's also capable, physically able to handle any situation like thrown at him.
2: Yeah.
1: I got like that vibe from Pitt here, and I I like the fact that he's a more seasoned assassin who is kind of reformed at this point and wants to transition to a more peaceful life, and he, you know, chooses not to take the gun on the mission and ends up backfiring on him. I will admit that by the end especially like the final, final scene where I just was like, okay, one twist too many at this point, one joke too many. Let's just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very tired of
2: it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking speaking of Channing Tatum, hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the uh, – did. Pitt, Chan, uh, Tatum, and Bullock have, like, a, a two-movie contract deal this year that they <laughs> <Yeah>. signed. <laughs> You're
1: leaving off uh, Ryan Reynolds in there, too. And uh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. I, um...
2: There were some, like, you know, there were some little surprises and, like, reveals that i was like oh hey that kind of made me smile
1: i I do find it very funny that brad pitt had a cameo in deadpool 2 and now ryan reynolds has a cameo Cameo in this yeah yeah
2: no i there were a few of them in here that did make me like giggle a little bit um but, but yeah, I mean, after a certain point, it's like, all right, how many more surprises? How many more little twists?
1: The, the Channing Tatum one in particular, though, I think that's why I bring up the 21-22 Jump Street comparison, because one, he's in the movie, and two, I just kept thinking, hmm, I wonder what this movie would have been like if he were in the role of Ladybug. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have fit the definition of a uh, seasoned veteran in the assassination business, but at the same time, I just thought he was more perfectly suited to the tone of what the movie was going for with that character, as opposed to Pitt. And I don't mind seeing Pitt do comedy. It's actually quite fun to see him be so loose and cool and honestly, like, just exasperated over everything. Like, he just has so many moments that get thrown at him where he's like, enough already! (laughs)
2: Like, I'm done. No, I mean, he's still... He's still Brad Pitt. He's still getting people into theaters. I mean, my showing last night, I was actually quite surprised to see, uh, like, a half-packed theater, which, you know, is becoming more and more rare these days. So he is getting people in those seats.
3: Yeah, he has, like, a very natural charm to him that I do find appealing. I think the problem, though, is that this character, I feel like I have seen the exasperated assassin who is, like, ironically working on self-healing, so he'll Mm -hmm. throw out these phrases that are, you know, therapy terms to try to be a better person while he's also, you know, strangling somebody. (laughs) Like I feel like that dichotomy has existed in many other movies before, and their version of it here just... I don't. For the most part, just felt really flat to me. Like I didn't find his witticisms to be all that funny. And yeah, I know comedy is subjective, but for me, it just really didn't land most of the time. Whenever I did find myself getting into that character, I do think it was mainly what Brad Pitt was doing as an actor. But the writing, I just found that character. He is intentionally supposed to be kind of empty because it's like you know there's so many characters in this movie anyway it's hard to assign anything of substance to any of them but as sort of our main character i just found him to be very shallow and the writing and material they gave him to be not compelling at all
2: i would have loved to have seen uh a reversal here have ladybug be in a supporting role and have uh tangerine and Lemon like be the stars here because
1: they were the the best part of the movie by far.
2: I need like I would love to see a prequel for this movie. I'd love to see more from them. Like I just want to see Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry buddy up and like do more like comedy action films together because they were absolutely amazing in this.
1: And that's what I was saying earlier when I said like the first 20 minutes or so of this movie I was having a hard time getting into it because when these two characters are introduced they have so much banter between the two of them like when they're sitting down together that at a certain point I was like is this script just like deliberately trying to be cool for the sake of being cool (laughs) and I I wasn't feeling it I was not buying it and I I gotta tell you, like I was annoyed by these two characters in the beginning when they were first introduced, but by the time some more layers are peeled back and their relationship is highlighted a bit more with very, very, very simple super simple flashbacks Mm -hmm. I genuinely got more emotionally invested in them than any other characters in this movie, and I I agree, I think they deserve their own spinoff as a result of that. Now, I'm not trying to give David Leitch or anyone at Sony any ideas here, but uh, because quite frankly, I, I I say that they should get a spinoff, but at the same time, I really don't want it. So it's OK. Um, but yeah, that's part of the movie.
2: I'd love to see this Bolivia job.
1: <laughs> Dan, you're very quiet. I am. Because?
2: He's Diesel, he's preparing I... what he's going to destroy us with. <laughs> no,
0: it it's... <sighs> It's a difficult movie to talk about because I can't exactly disagree with a lot of the things that y'all are saying. I do think the movie is uneven. I do think that it is putting a lot of things in that like this individual thing is cool. And if we put all of enough of them together, then our movie will be cool sort of thing. But I am generally speaking someone who is okay with style over substance but that style has to be unified and it has to like work towards an end and you have to really like commit to that style and while the movie worked for me and i had fun with it i don't think that it's necessarily consistent in that style and i don't think that that style is as eye catching or impressive as, like, Atomic Blonde.
1: Oh, I agree which, with that, know,
0: yeah. Is, is You know, it's an easy one to compare it to because it's also Leech. But even something that wasn't, you know, something like Gunpowder Milkshake, which was more interesting to look at and had more creative ideas in terms of its fight scenes and how it was going to shoot them. It has a lot of clever elements in the action sequences and the fight scenes but they're not as like interesting concept-wise as like the best sort of examples of this genre that i can think of to me it's like it's a step above what the the kids would say is mid i i i'm not (laughs) i i feel like i am easily the person who had the best time with it but also i I'm having a hard time like mustering up the energy to like really defend it wholeheartedly because it's not great. It just happened to work for me,
1: which is fine.
0: I, and I do think that most of that, it comes down to the cast. I mean, like Lee is directing. I think, I think he is one of our better action directors today. And I think that helps. But for me, it really comes down to the cast individually i think they're all good but put them together and you have this real chemistry happening i mean brian's harry henry and Alan, aaron taylor johnson are perfect examples i would never in a million years have thought to put those two mm-hmm. together and it works they bounce off each other so well and the dialogue between them they yeah, may not always be the best, but they're so much fun to watch. Their personalities are so fun to watch bounce off of each other. And then you throw Brad Pitt doing his nonchalant movie star charisma thing, and it's even more fun. And you throw in Joey King, who is clearly having a blast with this role, and it's even more interesting. I thought even Bad Bunny was really fun- to watch and he's full of presents he, he got to howl like a wolf for yeah. a character called the wolf yeah <laughs> and i mean like and yeah is that kind of silly and obvious and you know sophomoric to say one of the words that one of you guys said like yeah a little but i laughed it got a little laugh of recognition out of me because it's so obvious like of course he's going to howl like a wolf because he's named the wolf like of course and i enjoyed that and like he's great the whole cast is a lot of fun i thought zazie beats was really fun and what is essentially a cameo um yeah, she
1: didn't really have anything to do in this.
2: No, I just but kept calling she, him a bitch, which I thought was great. It was great. It was <laughs>
3: hilarious.
1: And I, I was particularly let down, though, by the way that Andrew Koji and Hiroyuki Sonata were handled oh in this movie. Oh, my God.
3: Yeah. The pain yeah. of my life is wasting these two people in <laughs> mediocre action movies. Why does it keep Seriously. happening to me?
2: Seriously. I
1: mean, like, this was, this was like, the one element that I... Had actually like the most difficulty with like reckoning yeah. when everything was all said and done. Because, yes, do I always love it when Sonata takes a sword and cuts people down? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's why we go to the movies. But I hated the fact that I felt like these two characters, uh, and specifically, uh, Japanese characters, Japanese actors, felt like they were. <sighs> Honestly, it it, it felt like tokenism to have them be a part of this cast and of this movie. And I didn't feel like the writing for them was substantial enough to like like this. I just kept coming back to this movie feels like it's all about them. It's their story. So why are we focusing on the white guy?
2: Yeah. And like their story literally opens up this film.
1: Which was very confusing because I really didn't know if... um, Andrew Koji, who plays you know the father, quote unquote, in this, like I was just trying to ask myself, is that supposed to be Brad Pitt's character as a kid, and that's his father? Like I I didn't know yeah. what we were starting off with in terms of timeline and what the actual story was. It was very confusing to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I it just always felt like their story was an afterthought. Or like uh, for most of the film, the father is attached to the prince, which is Joey King's character. And for the entire time, I was like what does any of this have to do with anything? Like, I still don't really know, you know, aside from, um, you know, she's the reason why her son, his son is in the hospital, but I'm like, but still, but why? Why did any of that really have to happen? Like, there was just no thought put into that or any seemingly explanation for it, but every other character, like the most obscure character, you could basically get, like, a full storyline and connecting uh plots to other characters with them even if they were on screen for like a minute and a half or something like that.
1: But their like story just boils down to family honor and like revenge and I just found these themes to be so stereotypical that it like it just rubbed me the wrong way already considering the fact that we are taking a Japanese novel and setting it in Japan and yet you have, uh, granted, like, I, I'm sure they said, hey, it's an international cast, it's not all white people. And that was like, they're out. But I just, I, I just, it's something about it just rubbed me the wrong
3: way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the characters of, yeah, the father and the elder played by Koji and Sonata, the major problem I just have is just they're not in it enough. And yes, they are sort of the catalyst of the audience's entry point into this story and having them sidelined was just very disappointing, especially because in the movie, I think they do a very good job. Like I do like their performances a lot. I I think Koji especially has some of the more effective emotional moments in this film, but as characters, they're just not given a lot to do. And that is because the way that this movie is constructed, their storyline is kind of an afterthought. Like it's not, they do insert themselves into this plot, on their own and they aren't really connected to the wider web of conspiracy happening and and that is to me a problem with just the way those characters are utilized i think also the issue with with the prince is that then it, i feel like the way that she connects back into this larger story i agree with you man is just like very sort of dull and uninteresting and the way that it also connects back to michael shannon's character I, that is the, the character that i found like the most offensive case of whitewashing because like oh yeah why is he in this Dear movie Lord. why is this character white like I, I love michael shannon don't get me wrong like we all think he's a great actor but there's no reason why he should be in this movie playing that character
1: i wish i i really wish the trailers had not revealed that michael shannon was the white death in this film
0: i did they i did not I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When
1: they I remember when the trailer came out, they clearly highlighted Michael Shannon and mm.
3: I, well, you knew Michael Shannon was in it. I don't think they said that this is the character he's specifically playing. I can't remember. But you knew he was in the movie.
1: But I mean, come on. At a certain point when they keep alluding to the white deaf and they haven't revealed who he is yet. You start noticing which of the actors from the cast have shown up and which haven't. And that kind of narrows it down if you know he's in the movie.
3: Yeah, I I still think the bigger problem is just Michael Shannon playing that character in the first place because it's like it just complicates the situation as to why this white dude would (laughs) rise so highly in in the ranks of this criminal organization. And like, I get it that they try to justify it with his backstory, but to me, it just seems like you're making excuses to cast Michael Shannon when this would just be far easier if this was played by a Japanese actor.
0: I think that that character, the White Death, and you know, not to be too spoilery with everything, but it's interesting to me because they kind of like the idea of cultural appropriation is almost baked into the script.
1: Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, like in like, terms because of? Because
0: he's this Russian. He's supposed to be this Russian guy who takes over the Japanese mafia, right? Right. Like, so your ultimate story is about a white guy overtaking a different culture.
1: You know, before, Dan, you said, I'm not going to defend this movie. Hmm. It sounds like you're mounting a defense here as to why the no. cultural appropriation is okay.
0: Well, no, and I'm not. And this is okay. This is why, because like, it's interesting to me that that is sort of like baked into the story of this, with making this guy a Russian character who is taking over a Japanese organization, and then hiring other non-Japanese to take them out to ensure that it stays in his grasp. But I don't think the movie does anything with it. Yeah. It just kind of like lets it sit there and instead wants to talk about fate. The tone of the last act, I think, just doesn't really work. It tries to be a little too. Serious for the climax and focusing on fate and coming back to this story of, you know, the father and the elder, and which should have been emotional but wasn't because of the necessity of the story mechanics. They're sidelined for the majority of the movie. And that's fine, I guess. Like, I like the sort of uh, controlled chaos of the different assassin storylines converging but it tries to make it to be bigger than it is in that last act in a way that doesn't really work and then it has this opportunity for commentary on cultural appropriation and then doesn't do anything with it so i'm not going to defend the movie at all and i do think that it I don't think it like falls on its ass or anything, but I don't think it's the best version of itself.
3: Yeah. I do see where you're coming from with the notion that having this white death character be this white man who takes over this other culture and then sort of at the end having the actual Japanese characters usurp their own control over him would be sort of an interesting commentary to go into with this film. But as you said, that is not explored at all. It just feels like we cast a white guy because we think it's more profitable to do so. And, And because there's no storytelling mechanic to make it a larger commentary, it just means that the character doesn't have any more layers to him Mm -hmm. and it just is very basic and you just have an unfortunate case of casting and sidelining of Japanese actors and it feels like that is the objective not to have a larger commentary and that is very frustrating when you can see the potential for something more interesting that the movie then decides to completely sidestep.
1: What did you guys think of the action sequences themselves and I know that there's a couple in here. Um, For myself I was pretty taken aback by how gory this film was, but I kind of liked it. (laughs) I was having a lot of fun with some of the more shocking violent moments in this movie. Um, But then there were also some moments that were scaled back that I thought were pretty clever. Um, I'm thinking of like the scene where Ladybug and uh, Brian Tyree Henry's uh, character Lemon are fighting like in the quiet section. I love that. Yeah, that lot. one
2: was really fun.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like uh, those moments are the ones that land pretty well for me. Um, yes, it's fun to watch Bad Bunny take on Brad Pitt in their particular scene or Brad Pitt's uh, scene with Zazie Beats, but I, I thought when they had more clever situations like and obstacles like put in front of Ladybug, that's when the movie was at its most fun.
2: Yeah, and they get to play with the editing and the camera work in those moments. And I don't know, you know, just kind of like... um, That's
1: where Leech excels, I think. I think that his camera work and his editing, like his style of shooting action, it accentuates movement. And I think this comes from his experience as a stuntman. Uh, And I, I really do think that like the choreography is really well done in this.
2: I also feel oh, yeah. like they're able to play to the characters, like the characters' personalities are able to shine. Like in that moment, for example, um, Brad Pitt is able to be his like funny, uh, I don't know, like guy who is trying to reform himself. Like more of that shines through versus in the scene with Bad Bunny or with Zazie Beats where it's just action and just, you know, like heavy crazy stunts all that kind of stuff and then i did like the go eat a bag of dicks lady because i fucking would have slapped that woman
0: <laughs> <laughs> i as someone who has like commuted in trains with people abusing the quiet car that made me like really laugh
3: a lot
1: i also liked uh aaron taylor johnson's uh fight with ladybug as well um Uh, We didn't mention her before, but I think that that just speaks to how poorly the Asian characters are handled in this movie, Uh, but Karen Fukuhara as, like, the concession girl, Mm. I think she's the one that interrupts the Aaron Taylor-Johnson Brad Pitt fight scene, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, very funny. That's all she does in the movie. And that was so disappointing to me because I love her on The Boys so, so much. Uh, But I mean, that fight scene itself between Tangerine and Ladybug and just seeing Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor-Johnson kind of just go at it, uh, it, it was amusing to me. I, I think like when the movie gets to its third act and things just go, no pun intended, off the rails, uh, that's where <laughs> I was like, OK, genetic, generic like action, yeah, you know, at, at this point.
3: Yeah, the ending I really escalates things, which I, I get that it's supposed to, but like the action at the finale just was not as interesting to me. It was I was far more engaged when it was the more intimate, hand-to-hand stuff where you really got to showcase the choreography. Yeah. But once it became bombastic at the end, I just was less interested. Uh, I just want to also note about... Uh, Fugahara is that ironically, Matt, she has more lines of dialogue in this movie than she does on the boys. <laughs> that, that's nah.
1: true. That is true. But she makes more of an impact on the boys. Well, yeah, I, mean.
3: I just found it funny to think about that. Like, oh, yeah, she is great on the boys. And it's a shame that she actually has more lines of dialogue in this <laughs> movie where she's got like two scenes. And in the entirety of that show, it's like I would love to see her speak at some point.
1: <laughs> the one good thing about the third act, though, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, uh Sonata's sword fight, uh, like set to the uh, Japanese cover of uh, holding out for a hero. I mean, like <laughs> that. If that's not cinema right there, I don't know what is
2: that song, <laughs> will, be, that song will do like make everything 500 <laughs> times better. Whatever is true. It does not yes. matter what language it's in, who's singing it like it's a banger right there. <laughs> there's
1: Shrek 2 and then there's Bullet Train.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like the action. It's good if you've watched a David Leach film before. I think you can recognize, you know, his particular style of shooting action at this point. And the problem, though, is that like stylistically, and I know this movie is all about style, style, style. I still like walked away from this movie with this feeling of, wow, there were a lot of elements at play there. As somebody mentioned earlier, like everything is individually selected to be the coolest thing possible and then it all gets put together and you say to yourself okay well now does it all work and i feel like the answer just ends up being no because even now i'm like kind of struggling to remember certain details and aspects of this movie like it's not as ingrained in my memory as other action films sometimes are and i think the problem and the reason why is because outside of leech's style of like shooting like the choreography and like the way he does like some of these fight sequences nothing else about this movie is to me original it's just borrowing from other movies other cultures other styles and i i think in movies that have just done them all better
3: yeah absolutely and even the action set pieces here, like they're, they're well done for sure. They're, the choreography is great. And I do think they're shot very well. And in the moment they are incredibly engaging, but I still think even those scenes are kind of lacking a little bit of, of just extra creativity or extra style to like really have them, land with an impact and I think it's partly because of just the overall style of this movie he wants to be kind of very slick and emphasize that that tone but I actually think it does undercut some of the power of these fight sequences which in the moment I do have a lot of fun with but Yeah, they do not stick with me like something with Atomic Blonde, for instance, which is a movie that overall I also don't really love, but you walk away from that movie feeling every single one of those punches in those action sequences. And here, it's fun, but it also felt very disposable to me at the same time.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have that extra oomph. Yeah. Um, There's not, you know, the sense of like it actually Doing something interesting stylistically like they did in Atomic Blonde with the one, you know, super long take fight scene that goes on for like 10 minutes or the scene in the movie theater when they're fighting in silhouette behind the screen.
1: Well, but you know what, though? There is one there is one thing that does stand out to me in this movie, and that is the journey of a particular water bottle.
0: Oh, that was I. okay. (laughs) <laughs> that was one sort of stylistic thing where, like, oh, this is kind of fun. But it also came at a point in the movie where, like, you've already gone on for too long. We really don't need this little detour. It's it's cute and all, but, like, so not necessary. And it stops the momentum that the movie is gathering right as it's heading into the third act.
1: And it's, yeah. like, trying to make a commentary on, like, what the theme of the movie is ultimately. And that's fate
0: yeah fate and
3: destiny you know. Which, yeah like, it doesn't really work
0: anyway like i don't
1: know well because then they also try to tie it into ladybug's luck and unluckiness i'll tell you it's it's very funny to me that this is releasing the same weekend as luck on apple tv plus uh, <laughs> what what a double feature right there um <laughs> yeah <laughs> also the
3: water <laughs> bottle reminded me of a sequence from a movie that nobody remembers but uh, it's a movie called Lord of War. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a sequence at the beginning of that movie, which is oh, showing the creation of a bullet. Yeah, And it's basically the same thing. So <laughs> unfairly to this movie, I remember this very obscure film from like almost like 15 years ago. And it's like, well, that's that borrowed sequence. <laughs> but like, I, that,
1: I think that's the only thing in the movie that stood out to me as, oh, this is, clever and unique here although i agree dan the placement of it i just i i too like by the time i got to that third act i was like shouting at the screen wrap it up (laughs) i'm ready to go home like brad pitt's character i just want to get off this ride i don't know are we up are we up to final thoughts i think we're up to final thoughts here
3: coming up on five minute news i'm anthony davis
1: i i think like there are some good elements at play here i just don't think they come together successfully in the end i had a real personal problem with the casting and you know the cultural appropriation as we mentioned earlier so that definitely brought this down for me did i laugh while watching it at some points yeah i will freely admit that this humor is not for everybody And I know a lot of people who are put off by this kind of humor as well. So if like movies like Deadpool are not your style, you're probably going to hate this, I think. So in the end, I'm a mixed bag overall on it. I can't say that I hated it, but I didn't particularly love it either. Uh, One other thing I do want to just call out, though, for my final thoughts here. Um, I particularly like the and without revealing spoilers, I'll just call it the Romeo and Juliet uh, finale for two certain characters near the end.
3: Yeah, I I, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I particularly like the way that the story did that. And uh, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah you're, you're, OK, you got it. Yeah. It <laughs> just clicked for Dan. <laughs> there, there were a lot of lines in this that Brad Pitt said. I think, Josh, you were mentioning this earlier, how he's like kind of always like rattling off these like spiritual enlightenment quotes to get everyone through the situations they're going through but like there were two that stood out to me which was hurt people hurt people (laughs) which i thought was so cheesy but i kind of loved it and uh i think his best one was let this be a lesson on the toxicity of anger (laughs) the whole movie is so ridiculous and so silly and kind of stupid but you know what though dan i think said it in the beginning of this podcast and i'll echo it here unlike The Fast and the Furious movies, for example. I do think this movie has, at the very least, some personality. It's not a distinct, unique personality. It's definitely a personality that's borrowed from other great filmmakers and other movies that have come before it. But at least it's fair. So, I think those are my final thoughts here. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, Emma, what about you? Any final thoughts?
2: I mean, I thought you... Pretty much said it all very well just there, but um, yeah, you know, it's really disappointing to see that some stories, some characters here uh, were just kind of considered like, a, we'll just use them for the the name value, the grab value, and we won't really get a whole lot into them, um, or just very much dropping the ball on actual Japanese actors and the the amazing stories that they would have brought to life here. Um, I guess I also, you know, i I don't hate the movie. I don't love the movie. I'm also kind of in the mixed realm on it. Um, I did really enjoy the the cinematography, the production design, um and some of the unique camera work that was used throughout the film. Um, I don't think it always like was very consistent, but in some of the moments where it does shine, like in some of those action sequences that we were talking about earlier, uh, I thought that that really lended a whole new aspect to it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I, I wish that the lead, uh, character was a bit more interesting. The shtick just kind of gets a little bit too old for you too old very quickly. Um but Aaron Taylor Johnson is a very pretty man to look at. So I at least have oh that to goodness. fall oh, on.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> many <laughs> of your thoughts about him in this movie. <laughs>
2: the,
0: I tell you like the the open shirt, oh my the God. chains, the accent, the mustache, it I'm it sure. was uh. working.
3: Like, uh, vapors over here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I have such a crush on this man ever since Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging, and it continues to this day. <laughs> so that's my positive note of this film.
0: <laughs> All righty, Dan Bear. I think the thing that really stands out to me about this movie is that the script and the story, they kind of have this, like, it's going for this sort of anarchic energy, like any what's going to happen next? Anything could happen at any moment. We got all these wild card characters coming in to stir shit up every other scene. But instead of having that true anarchic anything can happen flavor, it gives off the vibe more of like very controlled chaos. And that's fine. And I think it does pretty good job with it i mean i will not deny i had a blast watching this movie i had a lot of fun i think the action is really especially compared to most average action movies it was clever and easy to follow and it was well choreographed and fun to watch but it was missing that sort of something extra to take it to the next level and be truly memorable. I had a good time and I really enjoyed a lot of individual elements, whole movie, a little bit less than the sum of its parts.
1: You know, I was, I was just thinking about this a minute ago, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie. I understand, as I mentioned earlier, if like the humor is just not really your cup of tea, I get that. I can also understand being offended by the handling of the Japanese uh, content in this movie. I get that. I do think, though, that there there might be just this might just be a case where enough people are maybe falling in like my category where it's like there's stuff to recommend, but then you're just so mixed on it. And. I look at the fact that this is in like the 50s on Rotten Tomatoes, and I can already tell from talking with some some people, audiences are not going to care about the stuff that we're going in detail about. I think they're going to love this.
2: Oh, my God. Some guy was like laughing his head off in the theater like every single time there was a joke. Other people, maybe they weren't as laughing as much, but they were eating this movie up. Yeah,
1: I really think this is going to do extremely well with audiences, regardless of what critics think. You know, I I do find it just very interesting, though, that there are, I think, far worse movies that have been graded more positively this year than this one.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that, like, and not going to call anyone out, but I do think that people are being unnecessarily harsh to this movie. Okay. Especially because I was in a critic's screening and I saw the reaction in that theater. Yeah. And it doesn't match up with that Rotten Tomatoes score.
1: Well, I, I but then again, Dan, and I'll just say this about that, you know, like, cause I'll speak only for myself. I, I was right next to you. I was yeah. laughing. You were having a blast. Yeah, 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 totally. it. Totally. Like, in the moment. It's not a movie that you should think about after it's over. No, like, exactly. I, I think once you start thinking about it and start applying some like logic to it and like some just some thought process, that's where everything starts to fall apart. But in the moment, watching it live, it's fun. It's fine.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's
1: not really the kind of movie that
0: you're supposed to...
1: Think about after. Yeah, we should have had this podcast over in like four minutes. <laughs>
0: the popcorn movie, and it hits those popcorn movie notes better than movies that have gotten better reviews, frankly.
1: All right, Josh, take us home. Where, where do you uh, fall on all of this, and what are your final thoughts?
3: Um, I think the only other thing that I would want to mention in terms of final thoughts is specifically – I wouldn't say there were too many moments where I actually like found myself laughing at the humor. Maybe I would give a half smile here or there, but nothing too big. The one exception to that, though, I will be completely honest, is Brad Pitt has a line where he, I will say, makes a reference to how scarce some viral anti-venom uh <laughs> in oh <that> yeah. <laughs> for some reason just really got me I don't know why but I guess just his delivery and just the build up to that line just it really hit me in the right way and I did laugh out loud at that I, I, it was the one moment where the humor just for some reason <laughs> was magic and to get me to actually audibly laugh at something I,
0: I do wish that they had done more with the snake
3: oh yeah because especially
0: because they keep coming back to it multiple times yeah but that said, like the the sort of conclusion to that with the with the toilet is is pretty great.
3: That was fun too. Yeah, it, I wish there was yeah more consistency with how it was executed. But the few moments that they did indulge in the stuff with the snake, I did find to be rather funny. So I will give the movie credit for that. And I do also agree with the sentiment. Like in the moment, there are many sequences where you are having fun with it, and I can't deny that either like there are times when i think this movie is incredibly fun and entertaining and a lot of that is as you said dan i think down to the casting of this film but i also think that it is a movie that feels like the sum is less than you know the the whole is less than the sum of its parts essentially that in totality it just doesn't really have enough of a unique perspective to really make it all that interesting to me. And while individually there are moments that I find myself having a good time with it as a whole, it's just so lacking in its storytelling and its characterizations. And I just found myself not being able to connect to it. And I wish I could. And I feel like I am somebody that is willing to go with kind of a cheesy action movie. If I'm having fun with it overall, I I have that Capability, as you all very well <laughs> yes. know, it's very well documented on this podcast, how I am able to do that. But I still need the movie to do the work at the same time. And I just found this so a lacking throughout much of this film, unfortunately. So it's not terrible, for sure. And I do think you can have a good time with it. But Because there are so many other examples of movies that are similar to this that do this kind of material so much better, it's hard for me to fully invest myself in it when I see so many deficiencies on display.
1: All right. So for my rating for this movie, I will admit that when I walked out of the theater, I was like a six or a seven. I started writing my review with that in mind. And I was like, OK, I don't know where I'm going to land ultimately. But when I finished writing it and like I said, just putting my thoughts down and like working through the individual elements of this movie, I pretty much came to the conclusion of, hmm, you know what? This didn't work for me as well as I hoped it did. So I'm pretty mixed on it overall. I'm going with a five out of ten. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I do think this is one of those cases where you know, like the Fast and the Furious movies, or Morbius, or whatever, where they get like you know poor critic scores. I think audiences are going to eat this up. I really, really do. And
0: and this is so much better than those movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I wouldn't say so much better. I
0: mean, come on, it's not as inept as Morbius. It's
1: so much better? No, but I do think I do think it's better. So yeah, five out of ten for me, Emma. What about you?
2: I. I'm currently at a 6 out of 10. However, I feel like it's a very soft 6 out of 10. I feel like there's potential for a 5 out of 10 out of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, this is also, like, the very definition of a movie that I could see myself watching again. Uh, But, like, not, like, from an appointment viewing standpoint, but more of, like, a, uh, oh, friends are over. You want to just, like, put something on. to just, like, watch and have fun for a minute. Because, yeah. like I mentioned before, it's, like, definitely a turn-your-brain-off type of film. And I do... So I guess this is all short for me saying I do think that I'm gonna end up rewatching this at some point or another by showing it to somebody probably, and I'll be curious to see like how it holds up on a rewatch because, you know, am I am I gonna go up in my rating? Am I gonna go down in my rating? Am I gonna stay the same? I don't I don't really know. Uh, Josh, what about you?
3: I am a five out of ten as well. Like as I said. It's not a terrible movie, and it, it's really one of those movies where it's like, I don't really like it all that much, but I could easily recommend it. It's sort of one of those strange things because it does have a mass appeal element to it. And I, as I said, there are moments where I even found myself very connected to it, but I just don't feel like as a whole it was all that engaging at the same time either. So I I am very mixed on it, and therefore I'm sort of right down the middle at a 5 out of 10. Dan Bear. I am at a 7 out of 10.
0: It's solid movie. It's not the best version of itself. It's not great. But I had a damn good time while watching it.
1: This is the second time this year where a studio film starring Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock gets a 7 out of 10 from Dan Bear.
2: <laughs> hey, I gave Lost City a 7 out of 10, too. I love that. that was Lost was a fun City one. was
1: so much fun.
3: I would much rather be watching Lost City again than... Than this, <laughs> I will say though, like
1: oh Jesus Christ! I just realized Ch- Channing Tatum too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and only one of those movies has Channing Tatum's ass in it, so it's you get it. <laughs> that's automatic, like automatic
2: boost. Yes. Only one of them has Brad Pitt flipping his hair and giving me an extra fifty years on my life. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: said, like I didn't mention this earlier, the very last joke in this movie in the credit scene oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah
3: that was oh. really well done
2: yeah it's yeah. such i mean i knew it was coming joke.
3: honestly yeah. but it was still fun
0: it's such an obvious joke but it's executed so well
2: <laughs> that was a fun little extra
1: all right visual effects shortlist
0: no <laughs> i don't even think I, that. possible but not probable
1: you know i was looking at the exteriors of the train itself there's like one particular scene where aaron Taylor johnson don't ask how but he finds himself on the outside of this 275 God. mile per hour moving train trying to get back inside <laughs> and i'm looking at this and i'm saying to myself maybe
3: no <laughs>
1: but no no I'm, I'm i'm agreeing with you i'm agreeing with you
3: yeah
1: and then i i quickly realized the answer was no yeah <laughs> yeah no
3: which also like you said like I get what they were going for, but it was a moment where it's like, do you realize how fast that train is moving? You would yeah, not hold on no, to that in the There's no way. Yeah.
2: There's it's no way
3: ridiculous. that's actually it's happening. It's ridiculous. Even
1: Tom Cruise holding on to like latches with his bare hands couldn't hold on to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's dumb. It's, it's silly, but you know, maybe you'll have fun. So no Oscar potential.
3: No. no. Abs- absolutely.
2: I think not. that is safe to say yes.
1: Okay. Alrighty, righty. Uh, with a bullet, Dan Bear, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter
0: at Dance and Dan on Film. Emma Sasek.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Emma underscore Sassik or letterbox at Emma Sasek. With no train puns, please.
3: <laughs> and Josh Parham. You can find me on Twitter at JR Parham.
1: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Bullet Train here on the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. That, like we didn't even mention uh Logan Lerman.
3: He's, we I, oh, I I did mention him. You didn't mention him briefly. The, yeah, but it's like we it's shouldn't talk
1: about that. Him, was just the dude, a, the dude, literally collected a paycheck by falling asleep <laughs> on set all day. Pretty okay.
2: much he sat there okay, the then. entire time, did not speak, did not breathe, did not move. Actually, he did move. <laughs> he was dead body was moved against his will. But that was such that another example of. Yeah, we have this person here, but we're just not going to use them for anything aside from a line that they say.
3: And mm-hmm. a it Weekend was, at Birdie's joke, like, oh my God, really? It was like that kind of a setup. <laughs> God. It
0: was really weird watching this in such close proximity to Not Okay, because wow, getting his character in this and Dylan O'Brien's in that movie confused because they look almost the same. <laughs>